You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, Ducks fans. Welcome to another episode of The Quack Report. My name's Carter. Nate is joining me once again for this, uh, well, for us, it's Sunday. For you guys, Monday. So happy Monday, I guess, everybody. Or Tuesday for our Tuesday listeners. Are, are Mondays happy? I guess it depends on what you got going on your Monday. Yeah, exactly. Some people, you know, they work mostly weekends, so their their Monday is like a Wednesday. They work like Wednesday to Sunday, I guess. So could be yeah. it could be someone's Saturday on this Monday, I suppose. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, whatever day of the week it feels like for you, whether it's your Wednesday or your Monday or your Saturday, then happy Monday. All I know is that Monday is, it just means that there's only two days left until I can watch the next episode of The Bad Batch and The Mandalorian. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm that so much like, closer. I'm that much closer. <laughs> so, so to you, Monday is like Star Wars hump day. Kinda, I guess. Or with, no, I guess that would be the... Friday or Saturday would be. But yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking because like a lot of people like Fridays, like they still have work to do, but in the evening they know they got nothing. So like for you, Wednesday is like you still got classes and podcasts and stuff, but then afterwards you get to watch Mandalorian and Bad Batch. So Yeah, exactly. So that makes Monday like your Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways. Good time. Good time. Happy happy day of the week. To everybody listening, <laughs> whatever day of the week it is. <laughs> Happy day that ends in Y. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Very very inclusive of, of us there. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, before we get started okay. about anything, we know mm-hmm. what this season is all about, right? Tanking for Bedard? Exactly. Okay. The WHL season is finished now. So let's just give That's everybody true. an idea of Connor Bedard this season. All right? Okay. Connor Bedard this season scored 71 goals and 72 assists for 143 points this year with the Regina Pats. 71 goals, 72 assists. Damn. And and, for 143 points. Isn't the season only like 72 games? Uh, in it's, 60, it's 68 games. Oh, it's 68 now. Okay, so that's even and, more impressive. And we'll add but, one more layer to it. 
Connor Bedard didn't play all 68 games because he also went and played in the World Juniors. Yeah. Uh, Connor Bedard did this all in 57 games. Holy shit. That's two points a game. Yeah. Is that not? Something like that. <laughs> 100, 143 and 57? Yeah. Oop. Crashed my calendar and st- started downloading an app that... Or cal- calculator. Sorry, 153? 153 divided... Uh, 143. No, 43. 143 divided by 57. Oh, that's two and a half points a game. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So now, just because, just because, you know... But aren't supposed to be a generational talent. Yeah. Let's look back at the last generational talent, whose name was also Connor, that you're okay. everyone's pretty familiar with. I was hoping I you would say, say Connor, because I, I thought just to like trigger me, you might say Austin Matthews. So thank you for not doing no. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's take a look here um, at Connor McDavid's last season with the Erie Otters in the OHL. Uh, so Canadian Hockey League, the, the leagues play fairly similar, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's take a look here. So this was the 14-15 season uh, where Connor McDavid was the captain as well at 17, turning mm-hmm. 18 that year, uh, which is not normally heard of. I mean, that was probably, was that not his third <laughs> season in the OHL with Yeah, the it was because yeah. he had the exceptional status uh, <laughs> yeah. that got him in two years early. But this um, would be Bedard's third season though too, right? Because he also got yeah. exceptional status. So, uh, But I think... Let me double check here because the, yeah, the 2021 season, he only got to play in 15 games because remember there's all okay. the, the weird stuff going on with COVID. Oh and stuff. yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, so yeah, McDavid's last season in the OHL regular season, not playoffs yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, McDavid picked up 44 goals and 120 points Ooh. in 47 games. Hundred and how many points, sorry? Hundred and twenty and forty-seven. Hundred and twenty and forty-seven. So two point five five points per game. So very, very similar to Bedard. Just just a little better, but very similar. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you want Connor Bedard on your team when you mm-hmm. see what Connor McDavid does every night? Yeah. Yeah. It's like I, I think every NHL team wants Connor Bedard anyways. But this just but is like another layer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Connor Bedard willing the Regina Pats to a sixth seeded spot in the WHL playoffs for the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And like pretty uh, much single handedly because there's not a lot of other players on. Like there is like there's, there's yeah. players, but like like <laughs> like let, let's put it this way like by. Like around Christmas, I remember looking at the standings and Regina was way out kind of thing. And that's why there was yeah. talks about him potentially getting traded out of Regina to, you know, set up the team for the future and that kind of thing. But basically the owner or the the GM saying like, you know, Bedard's the reason that we have even people coming to as many games right now as we do. Yeah. Essentially. So, um, yeah. So if we take a look at the... Just are the standings here for the WHL. Uh, for the Eastern Conference, uh, the Regina Pats will be playing, I believe, the Saskatoon Blades, uh, who finished the season with 101 points compared to the Regina Pats, 72. Damn. So I'm not even going to say the Regina Pats yeah. have some work to do. Connor Bedard has yeah. some work to do in order yeah. to get to the Regina, the, re, yeah, in order to get the Regina Pats into the second round. Oh, yeah. 
but goddamn. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's like, wild. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I remember when we were talking about him and, and like what he's doing kind of so far in the the CHL. I guess it would have been just after the um the World Juniors like it was probably January, like late yeah. January, early February. The Pats were out of a playoff spot and kind of looked like they weren't going to make it. Like it, it was still possible, but they were you know, you know significantly back from that eighth spot in the conference. I, mm. I, I just kind of what I remember. So we were like, oh yeah, like he probably won't make it. Like he doesn't really have the the guy, the supporting cast around him. But um, yeah, then he just kind of willed them <laughs> into the playoffs. So it's it's quite impressive, really. Yeah, exactly. So and uh, just another little quick update just while we're talking about the WHL as well. Uh, Olin Zellweger on the Kamloops Blazers. Remember, he got uh, traded there at the mm-hmm. WHL trade deadline for arguably one of the biggest in terms of like what went either way. Yeah. Uh, like the amount of pieces, uh, biggest trade in honestly probably CHL history. Um, and when you consider how long that like the, the entity has been around and how many players go through it and that sort of thing, right? That's yeah. pretty uh, damn wild. Um. Yeah, the, the Kamloops Blazers finishing uh, second in the Western Conference, uh, first in their division, uh, in the BC division there, with 103 points. And if I'm reading this right, they will be playing the Vancouver Giants in the first round. So, damn. Yeah. Nice. I um. And there's also uh, I think four prospects right now. I'm not as familiar with college hockey. But I think there's four Ducks prospects right now in the fro in the in the final four, frozen four there. Um, okay. I think one of them's Jackson Lacombe, and I'm trying to remember who the others are. So just while we're talking about you know younger prospects that aren't in the yeah. league yet or that kind of thing, but yeah, no for sure. Um, I, I've I've been trying. I was trying to look at like the. Uh, oh, here we go. Okay, so yeah, in terms of the, uh, this is just in the WHL. Um, from Quant Hockey, uh, points per game all time uh, in this league. Connor Bedard currently sits uh, 18th with his uh, 2.02 <clears throat> points per game in, in a season. Jeez. Yeah, like in, so yeah, in a single season. Um, what would he this... be for like all time points? Oh, no, sorry. This is career. Oh yeah, no, this has 134 games played. So yeah, okay. <laughs> no, this is his, <laughs> in his career. Uh, all-time points. Um, yeah, uh, points yeah, overall. Very, 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 very low just because, you know, there's guys like career NA, or career um, WHLers, I guess, yeah. yeah, that have played like just way more games. Um, yeah, yeah and rec- I guess with the 2021 season, only getting 15 yeah. under his belt. Yeah, so the, the record is... In 343 games, Brian Sackick had 591 points. And just for context... Jesus um, 591 points? Yeah. for Even for a junior, geez, because like you only get like four years there. Yeah. Well, yeah, 343. So if he played... Damn. Yeah, 72, I think, is what it probably would have been back then. So almost five. So yeah, 4.7... Five years, so yeah, would have played almost five years, um, <clears throat> in terms of games. Um, but yeah, so three hundred and forty-three compared to Bedard only playing one hundred and thirty-four. 
Yeah. <laughs> but he had 271 points. So like yeah, 134 yeah, games. Yeah. So like when you're comparing seasons um, and careers in the junior leagues, like you kind of have to look at points per games played because like games yeah. played is just like all over so the place. random. Yeah, exactly. This is probably my favorite stat, though. He is exactly one for one goal per game. Yeah. Yeah. 134 goals in 134 games. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of teams that could use Connor Bedard. Yeah. But because this is a Ducks podcast, we're going to put it in that perspective. And this is the type of player, like generational or not, like just this type of a balanced player, I guess, Mm -hmm. on goals and assists that the Ducks really need. Oh, for sure. And that we've been talking about for the last few years, right? So, yeah. The fact that we have a chance at him right now. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and just for those curious as well, um, it's highly unlikely we'll see the Blazers and Olin Zellweger face off against the Pats and Connor Bedard because they're in yeah. different conferences. Um, so it would, the, it would the be... Pats would have to go like all the way and they would either have to meet yeah. in the WHL finals or they would meet in... Or, or the Pats would have to like win the WHL and then meet the Blazers in the Memorial Cup because the Blazers are hosting, so they're guaranteed a spot, which is kind of neat that we'll get to see Zellweger play um, at that level with the Blazers, like no matter what happens. Yeah, and it'll be televised, so like we can actually watch it too. So it'll be cool. From a marketing standpoint, though, for the WHL in particular, obviously you're not going to try to rig games, especially at the junior level, right? Yeah, it's no, not. Yeah. It's not going to happen. But, again, all Regina would have to do... Like, this is, you know, both sides had to play out perfectly. Mm-hmm. Kamloops gets to the final. Whoever plays Kamloops in the final at that point, win or lose the WHL championship, they play in the Memorial Cup, right? Mm-hmm. So you just have to get Regina to the final. So Connor Bedard just has to will them to 12 wins in the first three rounds. Exactly. Which, like, doesn't and then you get Connor, crazy. And then you get Connor Bedard <laughs> playing in the Memorial Cup as well. Yeah. Which I don't think Connor McDavid got to do, did he? No, he didn't. No. So, and like you would have two incredible parts of the Memorial Cup in terms of the dub, in terms of the WHL, right? Mm-hmm. Where you get Kamloops and how they've been doing and the guys that they picked up who, you know, have been winning. They, they got like, like a few of the guys have two uh, world junior championship medals under their belt. And there's like mm-hmm. this stacked team. And then the other WHL team is probably somebody that you wouldn't have expected there except for Connor Bedard. Yeah. Being the sole reason that they're there. Right. So mm-hmm. you could have like some really cool storylines coming out of that, I think. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Pats are facing, um, I believe the Red Deer Rebels. Is that? Uh, who are because they're yeah they're third in the conference but second in their division because it's you know the old thing where the the top two of the division get spots one and two and then yeah yeah so it's it, it's kind of weird that way but you know what, let me just I'm, instead of like trying to guess from the standings let me just you know do a quick search on Twitter or something <laughs> yeah look look for like the bracket or something yeah they they probably have a, a playoff bracket up by now you would think yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, Regina will be playing Saskatoon in the first round there. 
the first game is on uh, ne- next Friday. Um, oh, Saskatoon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They'll play Saskatoon. Yeah, I said Red Deer, so not even close. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll uh, we'll, we'll kind of update, I guess, as we're we're going through. So I guess by next week, like a, not this Wednesday, but like the following Wednesday, the first four games will be done. So maybe we can slide. Oh no, I guess the fourth game will be going on then. I don't know. Well, yeah. we'll find a, a point to slide some uh, some WHL updates in just because because Connor Bedard and. The duck season is very close to being over, so we'll we'll have to, you know, fill some time with Bedard talk as we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm just looking to see uh, if the Blazers as well also put out um, their uh, their their schedule. Oh yeah, uh, for the first round. Yeah, they're facing the Vancouver Giants. Game one is Friday, March 31st. Oh, as well. Okay, sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Sweet. And I'm glad I got it right that they were playing Vancouver. Cool. Yeah. I read that right. Look at me go. Nice. <laughs> so yeah. Look, Mom, I can read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's uh that's what's going on there. I guess uh we should we should maybe get into some ducks talk and yeah. just just you know to we started with Connor Bedard, and then we're going to show the process of how we're we're getting co- to Connor Bedard. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's uh let's head there. Game seventy two of the season, uh, Ducks and the Winnipeg Jets, a three two loss for the Anaheim Ducks. Um, Lucas Dostal was in net, had a pretty solid game, but you know, besides that, not a. Well, it wasn't the most exciting to me. Um, it, it was really just to watch Dostal. That's kind of yeah, the, best, and, the best part of it, in my opinion. So, And I think he's kind of the only guy that like really showed up, I guess, for this game. Yeah. Mind you, like Winnipeg is a team that is... The, the West is so tight for the playoff race right now that Winnipeg beating Anaheim, I think, put them within three points of third in the Central. But mm-hmm. they're also like four points from the next team at the moment, I think, in the Calgary Flames, uh, in terms of getting knocked out of the wild card spot. Yeah. Which they hold second. So it's yeah, it's it's tight, uh tight goings here. Mm-hmm. But um yes, yeah, so, you know, Winnipeg's got something to play for, obviously, mm-hmm. and they're not gonna take too kindly to the ducks, but uh Winnipeg's also, I think, been uh, they've had some close games with some of the, uh, we'll, we'll just say, lesser teams uh, over the last couple of games here mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, they had Anaheim. They just beat Arizona uh, on the Tuesday as well, 2-1. Yeah. Um, and uh, now just lots of the Kings on, uh, on on Saturday there, 4-1. So in, coming up, they got Detroit and San Jose this week. So okay. it's, it's going to be it's gonna be interesting to watch Really, just the wild card race in the West. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's nice that we actually have like a race going on mm-hmm. this year in both conferences. Yeah, because like a small losing streak of like say three games for any of the wild card teams, could screw it, it for everybody, could ruin ruin yeah. their season. Yeah, exactly. Especially if the teams around them are like win say those three games too. Like it's it's that tight. Yeah, and and even the teams like at the top. 
like top two, top three of the division aren't safe either. Like they're 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 like just ahead of those wild card teams. So you know they they can easily drop down into the wild card or even out of the playoffs depending on how how badly things go. So yeah, exactly. Like you take a look at the top three for uh, well, let's take a look at the top three for the Pacific. It's a little bit yep. wider, uh, but it's right now at least on uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, 98 points for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, in first spot. And then in third in the Pacific is uh, the Edmonton Oilers at 91. Uh, The Central is really tight, though. It's only a Mm three-point difference between first and third. Minnesota with 93, Colorado with 90. Which we knew that as soon as Colorado had some of their guys come back from injury, right? Then we were going to see the Colorado Avalanche that we all expected. Yeah. They got really they they what happened to them basically is what we were thinking would happen to the Boston Bruins early on this season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and the Boston Bruins decided to tell everybody, not just us, everybody, uh, yeah, fuck your predictions. We're just gonna go for it anyway. So yeah. Yeah. But, no, it's just nuts. Yeah. So yeah, so just that kind of context in mind though, at least for the Winnipeg Jets, you can see that this team was out there doing their damnedest. Uh, mm-hmm. They put 14 high danger shots on Lucas Dostal. Uh, mm-hmm. The three goals were all high danger ones yeah, against, um, just in terms of like location and that kind of thing. And uh, the, the one thing I was noticing out of this game, and it'll it'll come with a bit more time too, right? Um, is just uh, Dostal's got a very, uh, a very fast. Uh, rebound, I guess, that comes off of his pads, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and just has to, you know, just get a little bit better at directing where that goes, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and just kind of like, yeah, con- just basically his rebound control. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that kind of led to a couple of these goals, but at the same time, you know, the, the goalie can't be doing everything, right? You do need your defenseman to to give you a hand every now and then and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And Yeah, to uh, either box out the guys that are there for the rebound or to yeah. take the nice juicy rebound from the slot and clear it into the corner or something like that. And yeah, we, we and weren't really seeing that. No, so. not at all. So yeah, Dostal putting up a 909 save percentage in this one and a 0.65 goal save above expected um, yeah, coming from uh, natural stat trick there. So yeah, it was yeah. looking good, but uh and it was a good it was a good goalie battle actually I found for this game especially mm-hmm. you know like kind of it felt like low shots compared to what we see the rest of the season right like of you know 40 50 some uh against sometimes yeah. uh the jets getting 33 shots on net the ducks getting 20 which that's about right but uh that's that's kind of a battle sometimes for the other goalies too right because you're trying not to uh like lose interest basically or uh mm-hmm. or that kind of thing right so or, Connor or Hellebuck, lose focus even yeah yeah exactly uh yeah Connor Hellebuck putting up a 900 save percentage there basically just doing his job he finished off with a negative 0.05 goal save above expected so just mm-hmm. right where he should have been um and uh the the thing that I noticed after looking at Hellebuck's stats though and like going through the highlights and that again it yeah it was just the the Ducks offense just not there, not really able to push too deep into Winnipeg's defense, which like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, is good, but yeah. it's not fantastic, I guess. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's good enough, I guess we'll say. Um yeah. but the Ducks only got two high danger shots on yeah, so, Hellbuck in this. So, so didn't really <laughs> test him too yeah, much. It didn't, yeah, yeah, it didn't test him too much. W- which if you're gonna beat 
the Connor Jets. Hellbuck, Connor you, gotta, you have to test him in that yeah. way. So, yeah. Um, and just for those wondering as well, five medium danger and uh, two low danger shots against. So, and it was those. Uh, this is kind of what I, was, what I was referring to in terms of the, um, you know, you got to make sure like you're like the mental game is there basically for for Connor Hellebuck, right? Not uh, getting. Uh, Sorry, you had said the word that I was thinking of, not uh, losing interest, but focus. Um, focus, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Two low danger goals against. So the uh, the the Fowler one in particular is one that kind of comes to mind um, for a number of different reasons. It works for the offense of Fowler. Literally did that himself. Yeah. Like yes, there was traffic in front that definitely contributed, but mm. Fowler took it from. Pretty like pretty well the corner to Hellebuck's right, mm-hmm. and brought it up all the way around to the left, like to Hellebuck's left side at the blue line before mm-hmm. taking that wrist shot. And it, like yeah. wrist shots from the blue line don't normally go in, especially you know going top like top corner kind of thing. Yeah. Um, even with traffic in front, right? Like that's normally mm-hmm. a type of shot that a defenseman will take for. You know, uh, giving like a rebound chance or something. Yeah, like or, that, or getting so. or getting tipped. Like it, it never goes in clean, or very yeah. rarely goes in clean. Yeah, yeah exactly. can't, can't say never because it, it happened here. But yeah, <laughs> yeah so, it was kind of wild. Yeah, but yeah. So that was Fowler's tenth goal of the year. He's got forty three mm-hmm. points in seventy three games uh, this year. Seventy three after the St. Louis game, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is pretty good for him. Like you don't really expect big numbers points wise from Fowler. Um, but yeah, it's this year he's. Um, it's it's kind of really picked sp- it up, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of come in spurts for him, though. Yeah, right. Like kind of, um, like even for this, like this is his first point in four games. So back to March fifteenth against the Islanders, which like that's not a long time, but it's long enough for a guy like Fowler who plays as much as he does and contributes yeah. just in general as much as he does. Yeah, um, I mean, at at the time of this game, because that was uh, Thursday, which would have been the twenty third, so like a week. Yeah, a little, so like yeah, a, little, like about a week and a day or so. Yeah, which, um, as you said, it was first point in four games. So, yeah, uh, and then that was also like we we know he's not a goal scorer per se, right? But it was you know again like the the goals kind of came in bunches. Uh, that was his first goal in seventeen games. The last goal he scored was February fifteenth against the Buffalo Sabers. Oh yeah, so so that's that was a while ago. A while, yeah. So, but yeah, and uh, speaking of goals, Vetrano got his second goal of the game as well back-to-back games with uh goals for him and uh gave him you know two goals and three points in his last five games there so mm-hmm. um yeah really that was kind of all like what actually went in was kind of all the offense i felt like i saw it at the ducks kind of thing it was just yeah okay here's the height of it and luckily you scored on it otherwise this game could have been a little bit different i feel like so and oh yeah uh, no definitely yeah so um, the, the one thing, just going back to the goalies, I, I guess Dostal more so in particular, but, um, just from your perspective as a goalie, um, I just want your opinion on like how Dostal plays like in his net. Um, so a little bit of stats. Dostal is uh six foot two, 174 pounds and you know, he's 22 years old, so he's still got, got time to fill out a little bit. Um, yeah. And goalies I, aren't necessarily like the guys that have to fill out i guess no not I necessarily forget, but oh who i, I want to say it was sergey bobrovsky i remember reading this article a few years ago that like 
he was talking about how, you know, he had put on like fair bit of muscle and that kind of thing. It was a lot stronger for sure, but mm-hmm. he found actually uh like he and his trainer and nutritionist, I think it was, um had found that like the the amount of muscle that he had put on actually was actually slowing him down. And mm-hmm. so he dropped I think I think it dropped something like 20 pounds of muscle or mm-hmm. that kind of thing and had like a brilliant season the next year. So, but yeah. You know, we have talked before about Borowski, you know, good season, bad season, good season, bad season. So that yeah. lined up nicely, but yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I yeah, just for, for goalies, it's not like, uh, you know, forwards are, you know, let's talk about like Trevor Zegers for a quick second and Pat Verbeek's comments, right? About mm-hmm. just him putting on some more, uh, some more muscle and some more weight, right? Just to be able to, to battle against the defenseman and that kind of thing, right? Goaltenders don't necessarily need to do that so much right so yeah uh you know like i'm pretty sure and, and he hasn't even played a game this year but like uh uh robin leonard is like one of the in terms of like body weight like size kind of thing is one of the bigger guys and i want to say he's like 225 230 maybe um but he's like the like the far end kind of thing of yeah. size, I guess, in terms of uh, six, four, two fifty. Yeah. So he's, he's a big boy. 250. Jesus 250, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and just for comparison too, um, cause I brought up Hellebuck. He's like, six, he's like, he's a fairly lean guy too. Like he's not like yeah, yeah. shredded, but he's not, uh, who Leonard, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, if you're six, four, like, you know, the, you got he's, he's like he's fit yeah yeah exactly so um but yeah hellebuck is also six four uh 216 but um but he also like plays like a bigger goalie too and like 216 mm-hmm. is is pretty big um i mean th- this might not mean anything to our listeners or, or even much to like our the people that watch us because like you really only see like the top half of me but um i'm but i'm six one so just you know an inch shorter than dostal um about 200 pounds um if i like you know actually actively work on you know (laughs) keeping like eating well and like exercising and stuff generally i'll sit around like that 180 um mark so like a little bit shorter a little bit heavier than dostal's so like dostal's pretty and and, like i i'm generally like slimmer like i wear like the slimmer slimmer fit clothing yeah so like um it, it it just like seems I guess um, not like weird, but if I was to play goalie, like I would, I would really have to make myself big and like really challenge a lot and like um, I don't know, like I, I guess like stick my arms out more just to like not like intimidate the shooter because that, that makes me sound like a peacock, take, but like space. yeah, yeah. So, um, but like with Dostal, I, I just found that, and maybe it's just because. In, in comparison to Hellebuck, like Hellebuck is is just a bigger goalie, like at, mm-hmm. at 6'4", 216. Um, but I just found like Dostal was just so small. Like his um, yeah, his okay, legs were okay. together and like when he, he bends down, I'm like, he, he, he just like looks like just like this little ball of a goaltender. Um, and he also plays not like deep in his net, but not, he doesn't come out and challenge like say maybe Gibson um, does. And, and even Gibson's not like, you know, a, a big challenging goalie, but I, I just found like Dostal looked very small and he, he's athletic. So like that kind of makes up for his, yeah. I, I guess, lack of, not like lack of size, but lack of presence in the net. Um, but again, I'm not a goaltender. I, I don't really, you know, know the strategy behind it or anything like that. But as a, I don't know, I guess 
shorter goaltender yourself um, or, or just, you know, from what you've seen from Dostal playing, like, do you think he would benefit more from, like, challenging and, and making himself bigger and, like, being more at the top of his crease or even out, just outside the crease, like, challenging shooters or, like, what... Cause just because I think the goals against here, um, if he was just out a little bit more challenging mm-hmm. the shooter, like he might have had a better chance at saving them. But um, but that that's kind of just me. So it it does kind of depend on a few different things. Like the scenario right around you obviously varies mm-hmm. um, and determines kind of where you are uh, relative to the to the net. Right, challenging far out or a little bit deeper, that kind of thing. But it also is your movement, and that's something that uh, Dostal is like. I, like I feel like he's close, but he's not quite where he should be in terms of speed just yet mm-hmm. um, and movement. Uh, but it, but like I said, it'll it'll come right. I I wouldn't be surprised to see him like like if if you were to watch like Gibson and Dostal side by side, yeah, you can see that Gibson is just able to move a lot faster, right? Like cross crease, up down, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that that'll come for Dostal, uh, especially. And like, I, I feel like that's a decent comparison as well because their body types are fairly similar. Like you had said, Dostal six two one seventy four, and then Gibson uh, is two ten at the same height, six two. Um, yeah, and, and I mean he's a few years older. Well, obviously, yeah. So like, older, yeah. But like Dostal, remember he is only twenty two. So like it is going to take yeah. a little bit of time. Like not to fill out, but like he is. In in a few years, I could see him pushing that two hundred pound mark. Just you know, in, in terms of like muscle and just like filling out yeah. more in general, like kind of that that second puberty in a way. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah, for for me, it's more. It's not so much about like how he plays against right because we've seen it works really well for him, right? And it all yeah. depends on your play style too, right? Like, uh, you know, I like there's definitely times where I challenge a little bit more maybe than like a typical goaltender would kind of mm-hmm. thing. Right. But it's, yeah. it's knowing how I can play and looking at the situation and, uh, and that kind of thing too. But um, yeah, I had to double check actually when I was watching this game. Cause yeah, you're right. Like, uh, like Dostal, it, it wasn't so much like the filling of the net. Mm-hmm. It was j- like, just from a height perspective, Dostal looked smaller to me for some reason like yeah. it just kind of clicked and i was just like like why does he just look small and like i said like he's the same height as gibson and that kind of thing mm-hmm. so but i think in terms of the uh this is just it, like his goalie stance like or like posture in a way I, like he's yeah, just playing a little bit smaller and like less i don't want to say yeah. less confident but like because he is newer in the nhl he doesn't maybe have like the swagger that gibson would and like just yeah and know, it's also punches over whereas gibson's like i'm the man like this is my team and like so he just like stands a little taller in the net I don't even know if it's necessarily a confidence thing because every goalie does have their unique play style and stance and that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like there's there's definitely different uh like different elements that are more common, especially across professionals, right? Like uh glove placement more than anything, right? Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, having the the trapper be like open to the shot instead of you got some guys who will kind of angle it, and that's kind of one thing that you get taught. It's like, you know, like have it straight up kind of thing mm-hmm. um, or whatnot, right? And uh, But it's it's all kind of a it's, – it's basically like a goalie's stance is as unique to him as a, uh, like the curve on a player's stick, 
mm-hmm. essentially, right? So no one's going to yeah. be the exact same, but everyone's going to have like some similarities to somebody else, mm-hmm. I guess. So yeah. Um, so do you think Dostal would benefit more from like playing a more like not 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 like stand up stance, but like just you know making himself a little taller in the net? It's or? it all kind of depends because the. The the wider your stance goes, like I, I guess if if I think of like a wide stance, I think of someone like Jonathan Quick, right? Yeah. Who he's definitely got the the leg muscle, obviously, to be able to move. But the wider your stance is, the less balance, and I guess the like the less uh, reload basically in your legs that you have in order to in order to move, mm-hmm. right? So. Uh, and if, if you watch Dostal as well, it like the the wideness of his legs kind of does as well depend on the situation or that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. um, Dostal especially will play a little bit more of a narrow stance for I, I a wider route, and when he's moving a bit more. Yeah. Um. But when things are down in tight and he has to move a little bit less, he'll he'll widen it out just so that it's easier to get down to the ice. Okay. Um. Yeah. So it, it's all it's it's very situational, I guess. But, mm-hmm. um. Even though the height necessarily isn't there, uh, in my mind, they they kind of like those all kind of play similar to uh, uh, UC Soros. Okay, who, like there's not okay. much of a height difference, but Soros is for an NHL goaltender relatively small at five eleven. Um, oh yeah, and uh, I mean that's three inches. Like that's that's pretty significant. I it's it's, it's enough for a. It, let, let's put it this way: it's enough that. Uh, people were not drafting you unless your height started with a six. Yeah, for a while there. So and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, hell, that's what led to um, I forget who the goalie was picked, and he, I don't even think he got an HL playtime. Uh, I remember they were talking this on an episode of uh, Agent Provocateur with uh, Alan Walsh. He's an agent in the NHL for like Mark Andre Fleury and guys like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the guys that he represents as well is uh, Yaro Halak, and found mm-hmm. out later that. Uh, Halak, I think, was projected to, or like, was being looked at. I think, and I think it was like the third round or something like that. And it was between him and some other goalie, and they were still having a debate about it at the draft table. And it basically came down to the GM going, "Okay, which guy's taller?" And the yeah, other guy that's was right. Yeah, I taller. So Halak yeah. got left until the uh, seventh or eighth round or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, so like, like height does matter, but at the same time. See, like we've seen what UC Soros has been able to do, right? Like heights, not the end all be all that some people thought it was. It just, yeah, it depends on your on your movement and uh, your in your positioning and that kind of thing. So, like, mm-hmm. you can easily have, like, I know I've even played against guys who are like six five or stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. But they're. But like I, but me at five seven, like almost a foot shorter than them, mm-hmm. is the one who's winning the games with you know defenses playing similar and offenses kind of similar and that kind of thing, right? Yeah. It all just depends on, yeah, like that goalie and, uh, just you know how they're, like, like kind of like I said, like everybody, every goalie is individual, just with like elements kind of going across right mm-hmm. and yeah um it's the same kind of thing right like you have to 
you have to take those individual elements and make them work for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Dostal has, I think, a great, um, not like, I, I guess, like assistant goalie coach and John Gibson in a way. And then obviously there's mm -hmm. the, the Ducks goalie coach too. So I think, um, a good, a good role model there for sure. Right. And especially role model, like, I guess is a better like TV word, yeah. timeouts, right? Like you, you, you see those guys, um, you know, when it catches, like when the cameras catch that kind of thing, you see those mm -hmm. guys talking to each other. Right. And yeah, exactly. Um, especially the, the older goalies will kind of, you know, give a, give a point or something like that. Right. They'll mm -hmm. be like, Hey, like even just, you know, like they're, they're kind of watching as well what the offense is doing, right? Or like, hey, you know, if if this kind of happens, like this is what you need to do for like the defense kind of thing, like call yeah. this out or something like that. Right? Yeah, they so, just have a, a different perspective. So yeah, I, yeah. I think that um, in the off season and then like going into next season, I think Dostal will be set up quite well to um, improve his game even further. And like, it's already pretty solid. Like I, I yeah. wouldn't, like, you know, if... Um, yeah, like say say the Ducks were making the playoffs, Gibson goes down. Like I would be confident in Dostal taking us, um, like through the uh, whatever, however far we made it in the playoffs, right? Or or even yeah. just like for the rest of the season or or anything like that. So you feel confident enough if in him that he's going to give you some games, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. But right, um, so. you know, and obviously not, there is room be like to a, improve, a liability. So. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think he can improve his game in certain aspects, and you know, there's there is those systems around him that can do that and um yeah i think next year we're going to see some really solid performances from uh from dostal there yeah what i think is going to be really interesting is if we get a chance to uh get side by side uh dostal and gage alexander mm -hmm. that's oh, going to be 100 percent. yeah because I'll, I'll double check this but i believe alexander is like six five or something like that right okay. and like yeah you just uh, he just looks more menacing just because of that height kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just to kind of compare those two kind of thing, like at the same level. Um, yeah, I think a hundred percent we'll see them in training camp together. I, I don't think there's a way that um Alexander misses training camp if he's healthy. Yeah, exactly. So, and yeah, I think I, I mean maybe for. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks, we won't get a ton of content of those two together, but yeah. you never know. So, uh, Sorry, correction. Alexander's 6'6", six, six, so he's got like okay. four inches on Dostal. So. Yeah. Dostal yeah. and Gibson. So. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So, but. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. Just It was something yeah. I noticed, so good to get your perspective on it since I, I don't play goalie. So, um, <laughs> and, I, and I am a short fuck, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess moving on to the other game, the Ducks and the Blues, uh, which was a 6-3 loss for the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, this just being on Saturday night. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was very similar, I guess, for me in, to the Jets game in that, like, Gibson showed up, and then besides that, like, the team wasn't really feeling it. Like, the offense wasn't really there. The, the defense wasn't doing a whole lot. Like, yeah, we still got three goals, but it was against the Blues, who are you know, a little bit stripped down, I guess, compared to yeah. when we saw them earlier in the season. So like they'll be they'll be loading back up in like the off season kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was just a, a less exciting game in that way, and as, especially we didn't get a fight between Gibson and Bennington. So like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, there was a couple like good moments in this game, I, I would say, but um, but generally like it was just 
just just another game just going through the motions it, it kind of felt like so yeah exactly the uh the one thing that i noticed though out of this game was just the fact that the ducks were able to try to get a few more chances basically in tight mm-hmm. um if you take a like if you look at the the heat map kind of thing um it's actually like a nice bright spot here i'll i'll pull it up i guess while i'm talking about it here yeah sure um where there we go but like it's like we don't see this too often like a nice bright red spot for the ducks in particular mm-hmm. so yeah, like and right like and, there, and not yeah. it much like concentrated anywhere else kind of thing right so mm-hmm. um similar to the one we brought up for the calgary game uh, i suppose yeah. where it's there's a little bit of a distribution everywhere but it is concentrated in right in front of the net and the slot where you want those shots which, to be yeah and which you know like with a system in place and yeah uh, and you know just some of the the younger guys even a little bit better and just chemistry a little bit more there and bringing in an additional piece or two kind of thing that'll help that um it'll just overall get a lot better and we'll hopefully see that more often than not and, and less of a blue spot on the other side for the yeah St. hopefully Blues like on the, on the defense side yeah exactly yeah. so um but uh yeah and you know the, the ducks got two of their goals in tight as we can see here as well so um yeah this this was a lot better of a offensive game i would say for the ducks um mm-hmm. even though it was only you know one extra goal compared to the game against the jets but uh defensively i i feel like it was a little bit it was it was less somehow oh, yeah ab- absolutely um, i mean even, six goals against not yeah. Even, <laughs> yeah like even, not, not even looking at the map and to a point i was like okay couple of those like maybe Gibson should have had him, but at the same time, I was like, he's just not really getting a whole lot of help. Which, like, par for the course, it feels like for this yeah. season. But like, mm-hmm. just this game, we, we more did see him stare any, down the bench a little bit too in this yeah, one. Yeah, like, yeah, like, and we haven't seen that for a while. Like this game felt yeah. there's there's the difference between no system and no help kind of thing, but the you can see that there's an effort there. And yeah. then just like no system and laziness kind of thing. It, it felt like yeah. this game was a bit more on the laziness side. Um, and I think I've been fairly good this season. I said I wasn't going to talk about the defense too much, right? Because it's otherwise I'd be the saying the same thing pretty much every game. But yeah. um, just this one in particular, it just it felt lazy, I guess. And I feel like Con- did, or, yeah. uh, uh, Connor, why am I going right there? Uh, John Gibson kind of felt that same way too, right? Like with kind of the, mm-hmm. the stare downs and stuff like that to yeah. uh, his teammates that again, like, yeah, we haven't seen that in quite a while. I feel like, Oh yeah. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, besides that though, like there, there was a lot of good things um, to come out actually before we get to the good things um, early on, Sammy Blay running John Gibson too, like, yeah, that. What, what are your so, thoughts on that? That one I had a little bit of an issue with. I can see, you know, he's coming in with speed and that sort of thing on a two-on-one. You're trying to get the chance, but he collides with Gibson like right at the top of the crease, like very in tight. And and, and there was like no lateral movement either. It was he was coming down the yeah, slot and he did not attempt changes straight yeah. in kind of thing and runs into Gibson. 
Yeah, and again, very early on too. And now I know there's going to be some Blues fans that are going, well, Max Comtois did that just a few minutes later. Yes, you are right. However, there are differences here, and I am trying my, like, I am doing my damnedest to take a step back. Right, mm-hmm. I'm watching this as a, a goalie who has been run into, mm-hmm. right? And there's times where you feel like it's been a bit more intentional than others, kind of thing. Like, um, I know there's even a picture of me for uh, for playing uh, lacrosse in junior, kind of thing. There's a picture of me like with my arm in front of one of the opposing players, mm-hmm. uh, while they're while the refs are separating, like one of each of our guys kind of thing because the one guy ran into me i got bowled over mm-hmm. and then my guy came in and started feeding at him and then the other guy from their team was about to come in and like i i got up i was fine i just kind of held him back and i'm just like i i like we don't need you even taking the penalty kind of thing like mm-hmm. I, I i pulled one of those like like i'll save you from this like it doesn't need to happen i'm good just let let those two go and we'll keep playing kind of thing so yeah. um but for this one, and like, and again, like we didn't really, from my recollection, didn't get like even much of a. From from Jordan Bennington, who is known for his reactions, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, see last week against the Minnesota Wild and Hartman brushing against his skate with his kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like Bennington didn't have much reaction. Comtois is coming a bit more on the angle, mm-hmm. and uh, uh. Torpachenko did kind of give him a bit of a push too, right? So, yeah. uh, yes, they're they're colliding at the same kind of spot, right? Like top of the crease kind of thing. But there's, yeah, the angle. There's a little bit of a push there, and there's an effort from Comtois, like trying to get around is the mm-hmm. play, yeah. right? Compared to Blaze, who is just right down the middle and like falling over Gibson, who's colliding into, yeah. right? So, um, and again, I'm I'm. Taking a step back, Blues fans, if any are listening, are going to call it bias. But I mean, I've officiated, you know, very like in ways hockey and lacrosse and stuff like that for the last like 11, 12 years kind of thing. And uh, a lot of them, I've, you know, they're teams that I, I know the kids on because I help coach them or something like that. I'm able to, and I think Carter can attest to this as well i'm able to take a step back and not be biased so yeah and i, and I feel like i've tried to convey that as best as i can on this show before right and mm-hmm. some of my takes about the team even or that kind of thing right so yeah um yeah so no yeah so that's, I agree, my, that's my opinion and, on them like yes both are collisions but one is a lot less effort to get out of the way than the other At the end yeah. of the day both guys got goaltender interference calls so on the ice it's even yeah all out of that yeah so. exactly yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. With that out of the way now, um, very exciting night for Nikita Nesterenko getting his first NHL goal in uh, just his third career NHL game and first point as well. But yeah. Um, but yeah, he uh, uh, maybe not the one or the way that we thought his first goal was going to go, like the way it was looking, he was going to be just like him walking into the slot and, and sniping it like just over the shoulder of the goalie. Uh, but instead, he um, he gets just kind of like a, a backdoor tap in uh, off of a nice pass mm-hmm. from McTavish. Which I mean, it's your first NHL goal. You're not going to be mad about how it's scored, and, and yeah, exactly. I, don't think, I don't think anyone is. But um, yeah, maybe just a little bit different than um, than we expected when we initially signed him. So 
Yeah. Uh, and what a feed by McTavish as well. Just kind of oh, a yeah. no look, like cross, cross like, body shot, shot pass kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, over to Nestorenko there. So yeah, uh, McTavish definitely setting him up uh, beautifully for that goal. But uh, yeah, you know, good on Nestorenko to pick that up as well as he did too, right? With how fast that pass was coming across and mm-hmm. uh, the pressure that kind of was starting to gain on him, right? Because the Blues yeah. did realize pretty quickly, like, oh, crap, like, he, there's a, there's an open guy there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot faster than the Ducks defense would. Let's put it that way. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and starting off his career hot with a 16.7 shooting percentage. God damn. Yeah. It's a joke, everybody. It's not sustainable. I'm just having some fun here. <laughs> Is it? Are you sure? <laughs> it's No. I, I, I am very sure this is a joke. It's not sustainable. <laughs> what? We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, playing 1443 uh, in this game. Um, yeah, it looked good. He got some power play time as well. Got a, mm-hmm. about a minute and a quarter there uh, yeah. on the power play. So he's, you know, he's getting looked at by Eakins and the rest of the coaching and uh, executive staff. And it's, it's looking yeah. good so far. So I'm excited to mm-hmm. see more of this kid. So like, yeah, I know I sounded sure. negative on him uh, when the trade happened kind of thing. Right. And that, that was definitely more of a, you know, he was unsigned at the time. Um, and just, you know, if, if he didn't sign, then it was kind of for nothing in yeah. a way. Right. And then it was, okay, he got picked up. Let's see what kind of happens. And I don't know we've only seen three games out of him and this is his first point, but I've, liked his game so far and i think mm-hmm. it's going to work really well for the future of this team so if we're uh you know if he's able to be around long term so he sure. uh he does just have if i'm remembering, remembering correctly he has just next year uh before mm-hmm. his contract's up but he'll be he's an rfa role, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh be able to do something with him for the for the future so um yeah, yeah basically you just have to like a lot of these young guys right you want to entice them to stay kind of thing and mm-hmm. um, show that, you know, we, we have a, a plan for you and uh, like, you know, we can see kind of the, the promise in you and that kind of thing and want you around long-term like that. You got to convince those young guys, especially. Right. So, because yeah. Yeah, for sure. uh, th- there is such thing as, you know, the, uh, the offer sheets and if somebody else sees it, right, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll go for it. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, other goal uh, or other goals, I guess, to talk about in this game. Ryan Strom got uh, another goal in the third, uh, third goal and fourth point in his last five games. So he's going on a bit of a tear. Um, yeah, and I mean, on this goal too, Trevor Zegers's pass. Well, shot. I guess he was he was trying to score there off of yeah. <laughs> the back of Bennington, but um, but either way, like it was, it got into the crease and um, was unexpected by everybody and Ryan Strom just took a swing at it and because he was standing there and um, pr- pretty easy goal for Ryan Strom I, I would say but uh, you know someone's got to be standing there and get to the puck before the rest of the Blues do but that that goal attempt slash a pass attempt from Trevor Zegras was uh, was very nice to see. Yeah exactly I think it's just a prime example of you know driving to the net and making your your presence known basically in uh mm-hmm. in that slot area. So just something that we haven't seen a crazy lot I feel like out of the Ducks this year um yeah. overall. So and something that we've been I know we've we brought it up quite a bit, right? And again, it'll I I'm I'm at the point of the season where I'm just like 
like we're we're definitely looking ahead to next year. Okay, like let's just you know get some things to build off of, kind of like we did last year, I guess. Yeah, yeah, um, and the year before that, and the year yeah. before that. <laughs> uh, I, I would say more so like last year compared to this year, yeah, just yeah. because yeah. of the we had a fire sale. Yeah, and 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 the official uh, from remember like last training camp, like the official word from Bob Murray at the time of like, yes, we are like like officially rebuilding yeah. kind of thing, right? Whereas before it was, okay, like this team needs to improve because apparently we're still just trying to retool, but this is sucking ass mm-hmm. kind of thing. So yeah, yeah exactly. Um, with the idea of the rebuild and like kind of seeing in like a way that this could be going now, like Verbeek's, Verbeek's plan seems to be coming a little bit more apparent, I feel like, to a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with him being as open as he has been about certain things, right. During like the, uh, uh, like the membership interviews and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and how even like the, the, the appearances that he's had on the, um, what's the show called that they talked to for beak, um, the, the beak, the beak. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, like how many GMs are, on a, even like a sched, like a semi-scheduled basis, right? Like mm-hmm. talking to their fans like that, right? Yeah. So it's it, it, not, it is something many, nice. Yeah. So like I know mm-hmm. we're yeah. I know we, I know we've talked in the past of, you know, like we don't get a whole lot of information out of the docs and that sort of thing. And I'm sure it's gonna kind of be that way. Like they're very pick and choose when they want to be. But mm-hmm. um, something like that though is really nice. Just to you know, like just kind of keep the fans involved. I guess so. It's not everyday type stuff, but it is still good to uh, good to see. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, do you have anything else about this game? Or uh, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't think about this game in particular. So, okay. yeah, just a lot of not much help for uh, for the yeah for the Ducks defense. Kind of, to, I, mm-hmm. I know I said that already. Just kind of uh, reiterate, wrap it up, conclusion, that kind yeah. of shtick. Uh, yeah, it's not a whole lot of help there. Uh, Money Puck had the expected goals at 2.73 for St. Louis. So that shows, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Ducks defense is really not helping their, uh, yeah. themselves, right, play on, mm-hmm. on the defensive play kind of thing. So Because, like the, like, the goals that the Blues scored weren't, like, like not to take away from them, but, like, amazing goals. But, like, there was, like, there was just, like, just a like lot of rebounds and... And walking goal, yeah, yeah not like, like dirty goals, but like greasy, yeah. yeah there, there's nothing two, spectacular, yeah. I don't remember like which ones they were exactly, but there's like two I can like two goals I can recall that like guys just kind of walked in, did what they wanted, kind of thing before taking yeah. their shot. So and yeah. with not a whole lot of pressure. So yeah, no, I'd agree with that. So, but at the yeah. same time, like don't make it a habit. But for the last nine games that we got going uh whatever helps the whatever helps the cause you know <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> 29th is a, 29th is a good spot but it's also not uh 2016 anymore there's 32 teams so you gotta uh it'd be nice to see you know the ducks in the in the top three i guess mm-hmm. or bottom three in hopes of being in the top three <laughs> yeah so <laughs> yeah, there you go yeah um yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I guess let's take a quick break. We've got a few bits of news to get through as well for this episode. But before we do that, we will hear from our friends at DraftKings, promo code THPN, and we'll see you in just a minute. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. 
Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odd boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook every day to see what they have in store. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Again, that's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So from Eric Stevens of The Athletic, it is now officially confirmed Jamie Drysdale will not be back this season with the Anaheim Ducks. Um, uh, The quote here, talked to Jamie Drysdale earlier this year as he was rehabbing from shoulder surgery, uh, held out hope to play again, but Dallas Eakins reconfirmed that that the defenseman remained shut down for the season. Reasoning is him playing has more risk than reward at this stage. Uh, Quote from Eakins, Uh, That kid is a real, real key piece of our future. It would be different if we were a playoff team or something like that, end quote. So kind of, as we said, like, why why risk bringing him back if he's not Mm -hmm. 100%? Because we're not playing for anything meaningful. And at this point, him being out of the lineup actually benefits the team more because we're then, I guess, weaker defensively. Yeah. And (laughs) so we lose more games and have a better chance at Connor Bedard. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy... You know, like not happy that Jamie's not quite ready yet, but happy mm-hmm. that we're not trying to rush him just to get him into the last couple of games of the year, right? Just to get a couple yeah. more under his belt kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah, let him take the time to rest. I was more laughing at the fact that I think we talked about this on Wednesday. Somebody had asked us in the live chat about yeah. Jamie and that kind of thing. And this comes out the next day. I, yeah. I was kind of laughing at that. So I got... I got what you said, I've got no insider knowledge on it necessarily. It was more yeah. just like what I was feeling and what I would do in that situation as Jamie, as you know, mm-hmm. for Beak and Eakins or something like that. And yeah, I'm I'm glad that I'm not the only one who felt that way. That the actual people in charge are feeling that way too. So yeah, yeah, I think uh, our boy Eric here was listening to the episode and was like, oh yeah, I mean, you know, maybe I should find out what's going on with Jamie there. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll hit up Dallas Eakins and put something out. Eric, if you are listening, we'd love to have you on. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you on. We can't find an email address or anything for you. We've been very, trying to very reach hard to you. track down. Yeah. We've been <laughs> trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, other updates, I guess, coming from the team. Uh, Frank Vetrano was listed as day-to-day, uh, not for an injury, though, because he, uh, well, not he, his wife, Rebecca, was having a, a baby. and they, uh, they were having a baby you could go with. Yeah. It just feels weird saying like, oh, Vitrano is having a baby because like he's he's not well, like he's not literally Vitrano. pushing anything out of his body. Well, <laughs> n- at, at this stage, he's not literally pushing anything out of his body. He he did that a while ago. Uh, so and it, anyways, quite cool. Just what? <laughs> don't worry about it. I'm I'll, very confused now. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain to you how it works after. Are you talking about him dropping a massive deuce or something? <laughs> no, no, uh, it's. No, it, uh, nine months ago, what he was doing. Uh, so maybe not pushing it out of his body, but you know, 
Can can you can you can you play the horns, please? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's less funny if I have to explain it. I think I was just I was just like lost. I'm like, the hell is he pushing out? <laughs> Anyways, oh. let's let's just take this part from the top. <laughs> yeah, please. Thank you. Vetrano <laughs> uh, listed his day to day not because uh, he was injured, but him and his wife. Rebecca uh, brought their first child uh, into the world, uh, named Ophelia. So, uh, oh, congrats Ophelia. to who's who's who sings that song again? <sighs> it's it's in there, and as soon as I I hear the name, I'm gonna be like, "Yep, it's them." Uh, oh, Lumineers. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I can't believe it. Like that's that's. Shame on both of us for not yeah. getting that. But I, I apologize to anybody if I now have that stuck in your head for the next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wonder wonder if that's where the name came from. He's just like a, a huge Lumineers yeah. fan. Or Vitrano just loves Lumineers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, so Vitrano wasn't in the lineup against St. Louis, but, uh, you know, good reason. And uh, whenever he... I'm, I'm sure he'll be back soon. Um but uh, you know, go spend yeah. time with spend time with your wife. Go spend time with your kids. There's there's bigger things yeah. than than hockey. So, and yeah, I know exactly. some people, yeah. especially some fans I've seen, just don't grasp that for some reason. But uh, yeah, take the take the time to enjoy it. It's a uh, mm-hmm. you know the 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 birth of your child that happens only once, right? And um, well, one once per child, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but. But per child, right? It only happens yeah, yeah. once. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. Yeah. If if you have two kids and the one kid finds out that you weren't there because you were, you know, you, you just had to play for the 29th, uh, like 29th team in the league that night, kind of thing. Just yeah, you know, I I, I got to go to work instead, kind of thing. You know that that child might not be too happy about that later in life. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but and it's yeah, so just sp- take the take the time, Frankie, and we'll. Welcome you with open arms when you come back. So, but in the meantime, yeah. congrats to the family. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then also, Troy Terry left uh, during the or after the second period of the St. Louis game due to a quote personal matter uh, from Lisa Dillman on Twitter. So we don't know anything further than that at this point. But hopefully, everything's okay with Terry's fam, Terry, Terry and or his family yeah just kind of whatever yeah we have no idea what it was um yeah may may not know but um as far as i know he doesn't have a kid on the way so uh, i don't think yeah lisa dillman did check during the game kind of thing when it became uh apparent to her that you know terry wasn't on the bench or that kind of thing and Mm -hmm. uh, the team had just said that it was a personal matter to her and that's what she relayed so that's where we're at right now so yeah yeah and so how, I mean, how this how this works is we'll probably get, we're probably going to be done this two hours later we'll hear something <laughs> so <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um I, I am glad that it's not injury related because Terry as has far, had yeah. a few injuries this year yeah. or, or even injury scares so it's it's nice in that way but also like when it goes to personal matter you, you like you're like oh man like that that also sucks yeah so um and I mean personal matter is pretty vague like it, it could also just mean he, he he had to take a, a big poop like he, he yeah. ate a little bit of undercooked chicken and yep. could could just be that and bad seafood before the game yeah something, something like could, that could be yeah. anything so. could, could be something as minor i guess as that or it could be as extreme as you know family emergency type stuff so hopefully yeah. not that but yeah 
as as you have in our outline and as i said earlier like hope everything's all right there so yep. yeah so not not expecting the worst but just in case you know like just yeah hope everything's hope everything's fine so yeah yeah exactly personal matters can be good things too right yeah so mm-hmm. and uh last little uh, bit of news and, and personnel update here is uh the anaheim ducks and their team dog and uh, okay you do have you i bring it up oh yeah, you yeah. bet i got uh, yeah. pictures <laughs> you bet i got everybody ha- have a look here at daisy oh this is daisy. my she's adorable how do i edit this to make it a bit bigger you were doing this earlier carter oh, yeah, oh there we go there yep. we go we'll make this as big as we can yeah yeah, get, get, get as much dog on this screen as we possibly can. Oh, I can't move it over. The, oh, wait, if I go. Oh, it just makes it smaller again. Oh, well, we got it. We got it. It's good enough. Yeah, it's all good. We, we, we have the dog, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Just this, this so is so small. Look at those ears, man. She's Ugh. adorable. I don't know offhand what type of dog she is. I feel like it's a like a golden retriever. It like looks like be, some golden retriever or golden lab. Something in, in there. In the, uh, yeah, yeah, golden lab, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Either way, she's got a beautiful little bandana with her with her name on it. Mm-hmm. She was, you know, playing around with some pucks and stuff like that. There were some videos out. Yeah. Um, long story short, I will fucking die for Daisy. I will kill for Daisy. Mm-hmm. She's yes. adorable, and, and I can't yeah. wait to see more of her. So yeah, it's what's yeah, very good. it's a uh, it's cool because I think a lot of these dogs usually are. Um, like, like from the, the like local shelter kind of thing, like they're like yeah, rescues. or like or they're uh, or they're like in training. I think for um, uh, to be like service dogs. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, it's it's always kind of cool to see. Uh, you know, just like the, the the team dog thing is a is a newer thing, and I love it though. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah. So, I, I you may you might know the answer to this. Is there somebody like on the team that looks after the dog, like you know, brings it home to them? Like to their uh, place and then like, brings like them to the rink, or like, like is it some... shared? Like you know, like the, the the classroom hamster that everybody gets yeah. a chance to bring it home for a week or, or a weekend or whatever, or it's I just th- like someone from the shelter or someone from like the training facility just like brings it every couple days to hang out. Yeah, I feel like it would be especially with a with a dog, right? But different than a hamster, it would kind of have to have you know like more of a usual routine or something like that, and yeah, uh, somebody specific to kind of attached to and that sort of thing so i imagine it's one of the excuse me the uh the staff or that but uh mm-hmm. um i know the uh the, the pll the premier lacrosse league they have a uh, uh a, a league office dog i think his name is chaz okay. um he's this big bulldog <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah i think he's kind of shared but it's primarily had by one person so it, it all kind of depends but um mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would assume it's kind of, you know, one person more has him than anything, but like brings him to the rink, brings him to the office or that kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah, but, that makes sense. Or in, in this case, uh, her. But um, mm-hmm. I also just made the connection as well. Uh, Daisy, you got a little bit of the Disney history with the Anaheim mm-hmm. Ducks in particular. Mm-hmm. You got Donald and Daisy. Yeah. So, and I don't know, maybe I'm just drawing that one up. It might be something completely different, but it, yeah. it lines up either but- way. So. Yeah, no, that's Daisy, that was Daisy my first Duck, thought too. It works, right? That, so. Yeah, no, that's that's what I thought. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, either way, I I will I will kill somebody for for uh, for Daisy. So, <laughs> all right, <laughs> noted. <laughs> if, if Daisy were to tell me, go 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 do stuff to Carter, I I will I yes, without question. 
All right. <laughs> Just so you're aware, Carter. If, if Daisy gives you the go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No. Adorable That's, though. Thanks. Adorable. Thanks for the heads up. Yeah. So cute. I hope. Just hope we get more Daisy content. Thanks. We want yeah. a puppy more. My girlfriend really wants one. We have talked about it, kind of thing. And I think it was last summer. She was this close to coming home with a, uh, uh, I think it was a, it was a German Shepherd puppy mm. or, or a Shepherd mix. And um, I was the bad guy who had to say no. But it's because I was thinking about the dog. We live in a basement suite. So I'm like, a German, yeah. and we don't have a backyard. I'm like, a German Shepherd is not going to enjoy this so much. It's not going to be as good, I guess, for, for the dog kind yeah. of thing. So I'm like, let's. Which is responsible. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I I was the bad guy because I was mm -hmm. trying to be responsible and think of the dog. Yeah, so. my my girlfriend also sent me a <laughs> a, a dog like a fo <laughs> one that like needs like a foster home or, yeah. or something like that, and she was like, "Oh my god, look!" And it, like this dog, this dog was adorable too. I don't even like remember what breed it was, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, yes!" And then like after a couple minutes, I was like, "Just to be clear, like no, we can't. Yeah. Like, don't, like don't show up with this dog." At at our house like yes it's cute and I, I wish we could take care of it but no like yeah it's not happening <laughs> so well, one day one day one, one day. of us will just you know come on to do the show and there will just be a dog in yeah. one of our frames <laughs> but uh today is not that day so. yeah i uh i guess this in a way is me kind of having the conversation with my girlfriend a bit but like she's made the thing that you know like uh like after we get married kind of thing, like whenever we have a kid, like she's kind of picked the name for the first kid. We're, uh, I've, I've given up fighting that one. Yeah. Uh, but, and I think we kind of decided this, but I'm going to reaffirm basically. Okay. She gets named the first kid. I get to name the dog. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Yeah. So, and, and for me, I either got, uh, if it's a boy, it's going to be flurry. It's no, it's going to be flurry. Okay. But if it's a girl, if it's a girl, it's going to be flower. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not, not that you couldn't name a boy dog flower or a girl dog flurry, but no, but just yeah, we'll do that. So, mm -hmm. and then I, if, I, if you're, just, and then if you're mad at the dog, you can say Mark Andre. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mark Andre. <laughs> yeah, then 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 the dog knows. It's like oh, it, it used a different name. Like I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. uh. My uh, my my grandma always laughs because uh, is is about the time. Or it's a little bit after that we started this show. Uh, I was living with my grandma for a year. Um, just lives in the same city kind of thing and definitely cheap options. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But she had also just gotten uh, a dog, Jasper. Mm -hmm. And uh, she always laughs, though, at uh, at the, the nickname I have for him. Whenever I walk in the door, right, and he'll... He's, he's excited and that kind of thing, and just go, "Hiya, you little shite!" Yeah, <laughs> and she always laughs at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure I'd have some other name for whenever I get a dog. Oh, so. for sure. Yeah, it, I feel like it's kind of a thing that you know your pet has a name, yeah. but it also has like four or five other names yeah, that you call names. it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like more responsive to those as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it probably enjoys them more because it's like, you know, it's usually like when you're playing with them and mm. be like, you know, giving them love and affection and stuff. And they're just like so happy and yeah. they, they get <laughs> treats. And then when you use like their real name, they're like, oh, 
know what happened. I fucked up. Oh, <laughs> I knew I, I knew I shouldn't have dug in the garden. Oh my god, no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, speaking of getting in in shit, uh, AJ Greer recently got in shit from the NHL player safety department, and uh, for for a cross check on uh, Mike Hoffman. Uh, I, you know, I should actually probably bring up a, a clip of that for those. Oh, that it was the seen. that was the what it was, Boston and um, Boston and was it Montreal? Is that where he is now? Yeah, yeah, Montreal. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I did see this clip at least, like of the okay, yeah, of the, of the cross check to say the least. So yeah, that was nasty, yeah. nasty to say the least. <laughs> yeah, no, it was was not good at all. Um, I'm gonna. There was another one in L.A. Yeah. just the other night. There was, yeah. Was. That was, like, uh, right I saw it, I saw it like, today. It was Lazat, I think. Um, yeah. I saw that he got suspended. Yeah, uh, uh, Lazat got banned one game for cross-checking on Morrissey. I didn't actually see that one, but... Yeah, um, he does that one, like, right in front of the linesman. Like, just, like, like mid-play skates up to him and just, like, lays him out with a cross-check. Yeah. So, okay, here we go. This is the... Um, I think the player safety video. I'm not going to have the audio. On. Oh no no no! We we What's can for the we can for the player safety. These are funny. They they'll bring them oh, up yeah. on the Dangle podcast actually, and they're always oh, hilarious. Yeah. All right, let's to. let's do it. I think I gotta <laughs> stop and bring it back up if that's what we're going to do. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I actually haven't seen the the whole one, but it's um. Is they they just th- this will be good. They break it, they break it down to like a comedic level. I find sometimes. Yeah. There we go. Full screen that. And hopefully we can hear it. Is that good? Yeah, we're good. Cool. Thursday night in Boston, Bruins forward AJ Greer was assessed a major penalty Phew. and a game misconduct. Phew. You know, chops and Canadians forward cross check to the Hoffman. face for those just listening. As the video shows, the two set up next to each other before a face off in the neutral zone. They exchange light stick work and then come together further as Greer takes a step towards Hoffman. Hoffman raises his Sorry, stick. I like how he's like, they exchange light stick work. And it's yeah. like trying to break <laughs> the guy's stick in half and then a two-hand slash to the other guy's hand. <laughs> anyway. It's always it's always the complete opposite whatever it actually is for the NHL. Right? Yeah. You guys are chopping at each other's sticks pretty good. Oh, yeah, it's light stick work. If mm-hmm. if, if uh, fans, it, you know, just absolutely hate fanatics, yeah, no, there's been a great relationship with them and they've uh, they, they've been producing some quality yeah. stuff that fans love and give it a four out of five. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it's always yeah, the opposite. Exactly. Okay, now, now here's the nasty cross-check. Greer's chest in a defensive manner to push him backwards. As he is doing so, Greer raises his stick above Hoffman's with two hands and delivers a blow that hits Hoffman directly in the face. This is cross-checking. <laughs> this is my favorite part confirm. about everyone. Yeah. Every single yeah. one of these. This is cross-checking. This yeah. is this is high sticking. This is whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's it's always good. It is important to note that this is not a case of a stick directed towards the body that rides up the opponent. This cross-check is delivered cleanly to the head of Hoffman. And while we understand Greer's assertion that he does not intend to strike Hoffman in this manner, players are responsible for their stick at all times. I didn't mean to cross-check him in the face. It just kind of happened. And it's I just like, happened to put it at face level. Yeah, it's not my fault. He's like 5'11", <laughs> and I'm 6'10", or, or whatever the fuck they are. <laughs> this I'll, is I'll a careless cross- While, while, oh, while yeah. we're watching this, I'll pull up the difference. Yeah, sure. Cross-check delivered during a stoppage in play that strikes an opponent at a dangerous height 
with the force necessary to warrant supplemental discipline. To summarize, this is cross-checking. Greer has been neither fined nor suspended previously in his 99-game NHL career. The Department of Player Safety has suspended A.J. Greer for one game. Yes, one game one for game. a direct okay. cross-check to the face. To be fair... That's better than the the five thousand dollars as the maximum allowable under the, the CBA. CBA. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which fun fact, five like five thousand dollars was like the fine that you would get in the mid nineties as well. I learned the other day. Yeah, no, so like, not, just, not adjusted no for inflation change. at all. Not yeah. at all. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Um. So do you have the height difference up here? Uh, I was just pulling up AJ Greer right now. So Mike Hoffman is six foot, and Greer is six three. Okay, so uh, enough that, you know, Greer's shoulders is Hoffman's face level. So, um, but so, yeah. yeah, still, like, you gotta <laughs> obviously, you know, Hoffman is going for your chest kind of thing. If you go over that, you're probably hitting him in the neck or the face. Yeah. I didn't mean to, but I just happened to put it in that spot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm gonna go so. over his and, and, and give him a jab. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then. The I guess this was the following day, maybe. Uh, Mike Hoffman posted on his Instagram at uh, mhoffy68. This was on his story. Um, before I bring it up for those watching, it's it's not like the prettiest thing to look at. So if anyone's kind of squeamish, maybe maybe don't watch the next thirty ish seconds. It's it's not really blood. It's like the this black like glue that they use to keep the wounds like from opening up because it's on his chin, but it's. You know, it's still kind of gross to look at. Yeah. So me, I'm putting this on full screen so I can see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, this was uh, what Hoffman had said, and um, this is I'm sharing this from Reddit. Yeah, yeah. that's some gnarly patchwork. <laughs> yeah, but uh, just listen to what Hoffman has to say about this here. So I've gotten a two-game suspension for cross-checking a guy in the back of the helmet, a full-blown intentional cross-check to the face. One game. Hmm. <laughs> Just calling out the uh, player safety department there. I apologize if that was like redonkulously loud. That was as a little well. bit louder. Yeah. And uh, and Mike Hoffman has has been uh, fined uh, ten thousand dollars for speaking out against the NHL and the player, probably and the player safety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm but, kidding. That that's not factual. I'm just ma- I'm making a joke of that just before anybody gets that twisted. But like. <laughs> because that's how it works, though, with the you, NHL, you never right? Know. Yeah, yeah, really. If, if you call, if you call the NHL out, whether it's the, the Department of Player Safety, especially refs, uh, if you call out anything like that, yeah, you're gonna get the like a pretty good smack on the wrist kind of thing. So, yeah, in terms of a, in terms of a fine, but yeah, um, I I don't. But God, but take, God, goddamn, we can't keep anything consistent, though. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take a quick look for um for this video. Oh well, maybe right here. Um, this isn't the um, the the player safety one. It's just like a video of the play. But this is this was Hoffman's um, here just for for some context as well. So this was uh, back in 2016, like so quite a while ago when he was playing with the Sens. And uh, oh, I guess I should share it here. But um, I'll I'll jump ahead. It's okay. Yeah, here we go. So. Bottom right of the screen, you can see Hoffman here, and then Couture is the one who will receive the cross check. So, 
Yeah, I, I probably shouldn't have the audio on, but I won't play it. I just well, yeah, we just won't play a lot. So we'll see if they replay it here. Yes. So this one, it very much rides kind of up Dylan's stick. It kind of gets he kind of gets his stick in there, and then so it kind of rides up. So like he was gonna cross check him in the back, which isn't fantastic, anyways. But like, yeah. um. <laughs> Well, that's you know, like a that's that's more of a shot kind of thing, right? And then yeah, rode up and yeah, yeah, back of the head. That's that's definitely dangerous. It it definitely oh for sure. It warrants a suspension, a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm not I'm not arguing the suspension or that, but he he does have a point though in terms of the well, you know, that one was a little bit more accident accidental in terms of like yeah placement and that kind of thing. Like he's he's not saying that he shouldn't have been suspended, mm-hmm. right? He's just saying like. You know the the length that I got compared to something that was straight up intentional, like this intentional to intentional. my face, yeah, yeah. and, only and not even in the course thing. of play. Like this is, yeah, this, this is, is not a, a face off. <laughs> yeah, like w- with Hoffman and Couture, that was in front of the net, like in during play, and then it rode up to hit him in the back of the head. So, yeah, you know, two game suspension, sure. But I I wouldn't argue with that. Hoffman's not arguing with that. But outside of the play, you guys are just you know exchanging light stick work as they put it and then Greer cross checks you in the chin that's and then like yeah. no doesn't ride up or anything like that that's yeah to me that like one game seems pretty low he did get kicked out of the game so like you know I was gonna say when kind of, yeah because he got a five in a game when it, and it was like in the first period so like he okay did, so I guess that's your second game in a way yeah but like those aren't comparable in my opinion and like i don't know i I still think it should have been two three games on top of that but uh, but i mean and obviously hoffman feels that way too but uh by him calling it it out like it definitely you know draws a little bit more attention i guess to the lack of consistency in uh the uh in in the nhl in terms of player safety so yeah um, do you know for hoffman's suspension there if he was within that because there's like a time period that if you've had anything before it was no no history impact? no no, no history. history yeah and okay. there was no injury on the play like pretty much identical like I, I did see clips from that um uh like player safety breakdown like someone else had taken the video and put like yeah. Hoffman's thing and I, I don't even remember who it was um and then so it had his like Instagram story and then like this was what the NHL had said back in 2016. This is what they said now for Greer, like yeah. basically identical. Like they both had no history. They both like neither guy was injured and is going to miss games like on on the play or because of the play yeah. kind of thing. Like they're both non-hockey plays like it's yeah, it's just like weird Yeah, that's where they went with that, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, no props to Hoffman for calling them out because I think there's not enough of that. I think a lot of players are are scared to do that in the NHL because they they could get fined. But obviously, Hoffman doesn't give a shit if that happens. So there's been a lot of players who have been either just not caring anymore or been pointing out the fact that they're going to yeah. be suspended if they say something. Right, like yeah, even down to. Uh, I forget even like what it was in context too, but I remember I think it was like a month or two ago. Uh, even Sidney Crosby like was asked about something. And he's like, "Can I even talk about that?" Yeah. Like, just you know, I'll I'll go with what this guy said because you know, if I say anything further, I'm like basically I, I'm going to get suspended mm-hmm. for it or or given like a uh, yeah. 
I guess not suspended, but like given up like a, a, fine a fine for it or yeah. something like that, right? Like Get some sort of punishment. Yeah. So yeah, so, no, it's good. But yeah, for Hoffman, uh calling it out here. That's that's uh, yeah. this week's a big energy move. Yeah. For uh I'll 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 give the second one here for rocking the gnarly stitch work there. Like not saying like it's it's bad yeah. kind of thing, but just like how it all looks because of the the oddness, I guess, of the of the cut to to his chin there that's uh a big energy move yeah <laughs> yeah I, I don't have a third one so we'll stick with two <laughs> yeah. good old former anaheim ducks george peros is the head of the uh, department of player mm-hmm. safety he has been in the position since 2017 oh yeah that's that's six years i guess wow. yeah after playing nine seasons in the, in the uh in the nhl yeah um, yeah, I guess the last thing we have to talk about for this episode is just the one upcoming game that the Ducks have, which uh, I guess if you guys are listening to this on the Monday, then you know this is relevant. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, then it's not, <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs> the Anaheim Ducks will play host to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time is... When that one starts, it's the final game of an eight-game homestand for the Anaheim Ducks. As we talked about, the Colorado Avalanche starting to get healthy just in time for playoffs and have really picked up the pace, I guess. Um, we have they... a... Oh. oh, no, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, uh, as we're recording this right now, it's currently uh, seven minutes left in the third period. Colorado is up. Uh, or sorry, Colorado and... Arizona are tied right now 2-2. Um, And uh, then we'll play them on Monday. So they're playing a back-to-back between Arizona and Anaheim. Okay. Uh, Do you you know who's in net right now for Colorado? uh, Colorado has Georgiev in net right now. Okay. So we'll see the backup who is... I don't remember. Uh, uh, Johansson. Yes. Okay. So... Okay. Yeah, um, we have played Colorado once this season, uh, which was a five-three win for the Anaheim Ducks. Um, that was the middle of our three-game win streak there, where we beat Arizona five-two, then Colorado five-three, and uh, then Arizona, Arizona again two-one. <laughs> and then and, I think maybe got a point and against Dallas in overtime, and then beat Chicago. So that was like. Game two of a five-game point streak, if I'm yeah. remembering that uh, Dallas game correctly. Yeah, do remember in the context of that Colorado game, though, that was when the Avalanche were pretty depleted. Like half oh, their yeah, yeah. lineup was like box guys in AHL. Yeah, like they were they were hurting kind of thing, and they still gave like they still gave a pretty good fight against the Ducks. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, they're currently uh, eight two and zero in their last ten um, until you know this game in Arizona finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, on the road, they are uh, 22, 11 and one. Damn. <laughs> so sitting third in the Central Division, ninety points, uh, forty two wins, twenty three losses, and six overtime losses in seventy one games. Yeah, so not looking too promising for the Ducks, considering the lack of effort that we've seen the last couple of games. Yeah, but do you have a score prediction for this one here? The Ducks also weirdly like to play up to these types of teams and play down to the teams that you know are actually at their level. I think at this point, yeah. Um, 
kind of odd there, but I still feel like this is going to go Colorado's way. They're, you know, not taking their foot off the pedal at all either. They got a Stanley Cup to defend. They're trying to go into the playoffs. Uh, you know, like, like, a, like, a, like a little Caesar's pizza, you know, hot and ready. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sponsored, gonna, by the way. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm going to go with a five. Uh, I said five two last time. I'm going to go with still five two for Colorado, though. Okay. okay. Man, I was wrong, though, on the St. Louis one. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah we're, <laughs> Not not close. Um, I got close though on the on the on the Winnipeg game. It was only a goal. Four off. two, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was not close. Seven two. I was I was very pessimistic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, on this one, I'm gonna say. But do I go five one or six one? That's where I, mean, I kind of am on this one. Go six. Why? Just do it. All right. Why not? Fork it. Fork it. <laughs> if, if St. Louis can score six, then then why can't we score six against Colorado, right? Exactly. Nathan McKinnon's going to put up a hat trick. No, no, I'm saying 6-1 Anaheim. Oh. I'm, no, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like the shock on your face was like, is... <laughs> do, do I need to like drive him to the hospital? Is he is he okay? <laughs> have you have you suffered any recent blows to the head? <laughs> yeah, you need to set me against the wall, get me a blanket, treat me for shock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are the steps, Carter? <laughs> remember remember your remember your first aid training. <laughs> uh, oh. I it, yeah. The, no, I'm 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 not predicting six one. <laughs> no, if like could it happen? Y- yes, it could. Is it likely? Very much no. not. No. So yeah, it's it, it would be nuts. So yeah, six <laughs> one Colorado. Um, even on the second half of a back to back, I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Quack Report. Thank you to everybody who tuned in for this one. Um, I guess uh, if, if people want to. If people want to send me your cute dog pictures, you can tweet them at me at Tate Namas, T-A-T-E-N-H-O-M-A-S. And I, in turn, will share those pictures with a group chat that I have that is, uh, we, we, it's, it's called unsolicited dog pics. Nice. So I will, in turn, share those with my, my friends as well, who we just wonderful. share dog pictures in. So w- yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. And if, uh, if you have pictures of your, your dog in, you know, just ducks merch or, or or any kind of any any kind of merch. just a, just a cute dog photo. Um, feel free to tag us in it at Quack Report Pod, and I'm sure it'll uh, warrant a, a retweet, especially if they're in some ducks stuff. So yeah, yeah. Um, if if not, you can always just send it to us at uh, Quack Report Pod on all of the socials: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we will be live streaming on YouTube and Twitch, as well as the other platforms at Quack Report Pod on Wednesday evening. And yeah, if you want to reach out to myself and send me dog pics as well, I, I'm not in a unsolicited dog pics group chat, but uh, <laughs> my girlfriend is obsessed with dogs, so I will be sure to share them with her and you know return her comments to your dog and then you can, or to you to then say to your dog and then just, you know, make, make them feel good. Yeah. Make them feel loved by <laughs> random people on the internet that they've never met before. So at Carter, <laughs> yeah, at Car- Carter underscore pots, P O T T S underscore 97 is where you can do that. And yeah, no, thank you guys very much for tuning in again. We'll be back Wednesday for a live stream, 7 PM Pacific time. Thanks for listening and go ducks. Go. Go ducks.